FOMO. My name is Patrick J. McGinnis, and I'm a FOMO sapiens. And since you're here, I'm going to bet that you are too. And when you're like us and Monday comes around, you don't dread the new week. No, you wake up every Monday morning knowing that this week might just be the best one yet. This is Faux Monday, the snackable show that starts your week right with hot takes, life hacks, listener mail, and even some FOMO therapy. Welcome back to Faux Monday, the snackable companion to FOMO Sapiens, which of course drops a full meal episode every Thursday. It's Monday morning. We don't want to have too much to eat. Should I drop this eating analogy? Probably. I'm your host, Patrick J. McGinnis, venture capitalist by day, podcaster and author by night, and FOMO Sapiens 24-7. And I'm so excited to be here with you. Of course, last week we had on Thursday episode of Ian Schrager. We're going to have another one coming up on Thursday. And on this episode on Thursday, he talks about creativity. And I want to talk today about, you know, Ian's kind of amazing because he's done these many projects over the years. And he had a lot of success, but it's not easy. And there are times when you just hit a wall and you're sort of like, I've been working on this and I'm tired. So I want to talk about that today, what I call hitting the trough. I also have some listener mail. And so we will get to that a bit later, but let's start with the trough because the trough is something that I am quite acquainted with these days. And I'll tell you the story. I was having lunch with my friend, Khalil Bird. Everybody knows was KB. He's an amazing guy, lives here in New York City. He was a BBC and NPR reporter. Then he sort of made a quick change and started working for Deval Patrick, who was the governor of Massachusetts, who actually ran for president. That didn't go so well for Deval, but but he's still a very impressive guy. And now KB runs something called Invest America, which is a tech and product development company that's focused on eliminating the defaulted student loan debt crisis in the United States. So he's the kind of guy that is in the intersection of politics and business and smart people. And he's just a really insightful guy. And he and I were having lunch and we were talking about politics. And listen, we all have different political opinions here for sure. But I was expressing the fact that I was just feeling a bit burned out because you all know I've gotten involved with politics and I feel like I've been working really hard. I came in guns a blazing, you know, and then you sort of, you sort of just realize over time that you can work as hard as you want to, but things change really slowly and things go the wrong way and you think you've made progress and then they don't and you just sort of get discouraged. And I was sort of complaining about that to KB and KB looked at me and he said, well, you're in the trough, Patrick. And I was sort of like, what's the trough? And he explained to me that in a thing like politics where Problems are huge where no one person can really move the needle, where you're trying to change a whole system, where there's all these factors at play that people come in and they're all fired up. And this happened a lot in 2016 for people who were concerned about the changes in the American government. I'm sure people are feeling that way now if they have different ideology, but you know, people um, get involved in political movements and stuff. And they come in and they're like super charged up and they work super, super, super hard. And maybe they have some success and they start to think like, wow, it worked. We did it. But then inevitably something goes backwards or recedes and the progress you thought you made disappears. And you start to realize like, whoa, 
this is way harder than I had ever imagined. And it's not just politics. It's building a business. It's having a kid. It's a million things. It's like big projects. When you get into them, you're all fired up. And then like a fatigue sets in and you find yourself in the trough. And so what KB explained to me is when people end up in the trough, one of two things happens. Or number one, they leave. They're like, this is too hard. I'm not going to do this again. I'm tired. I don't want to deal with this. Or they re-engage, but they do so in a way that's way more sustainable, understanding it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And so I've been thinking about that because a lot of people I know are in the trough for different reasons. Like one trough is COVID, the pandemic. Like we thought with the vaccinations, we were all going to be free and easy. I certainly did. And now it's like, no, nope. Uh, There's still lots of COVID left. The pandemic continues. And you sort of like came out. I mean, we all did. We came out of post-vaccination. We just want to live our best lives. And now we realize like, oops, it's not going to necessarily be that easy. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, or delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you improve efficiency by bringing all major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. And with rising prices everywhere you look, you got to do the math and save money. Good news, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. So head over to netsuite.com slash FOMO. That's netsuite.com slash FOMO. netsuite.com slash FOMO. So, what do you do about it? Well, I got five things to share when we talk about the trough based on what KB told me. And by the way, I've been talking about the trough with everybody. So if I've talked to you about the trough, I probably took your ideas and put them on the show because these are my five points for all the people who are in the trough. Numero uno, recognize it. I am owning the fact I'm in the trough in a bunch of areas, actually. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm some areas I'm not in the trough, some I am in the trough, but just knowing that, accepting it and saying I'm in the trough then you can start to do something about it. But I think it's important to acknowledge it. So that's, that's number one. Number two, think deeply about what is bumming you out. You know, for example, for me, if I think about the COVID pandemic trough, what's bumming me out is the fact that there's a lot of uncertainty and that, you know, I thought we have a clear vision of what's going to happen. And we could just move on with our lives. But now I realize, no, there is still a lot of uncertainty and it's frustrating and upsetting, okay? Number three, commiserate. Find other people who are in the trough with you and share with them what you're feeling and why you're feeling that. Because number one, um, they're probably feeling it too, but number two is that they may have some ideas or insights that you may not have. So just talking about it, it's kind of like talk therapy. It helps just to express it and to put a tangible 
identifiable set of, 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 I guess, of parameters around the way you're feeling when you're in the trough. Number four, try to find joy. Try to find the thing that you used to have that made you happy. So for example, you know, with me, one of the things that I would find a lot of joy in these days is just like not talking about COVID all the time. Talking about COVID is really exhausting. And so if you know that, if you say, listen, I hate the uncertainty and you know what drives that uncertainty, reading about COVID all the time, then you have an action that you can take. You have a step you can take. And then finally, figure out how you can change that thing that isn't making you happy or increase that thing that does make you happy. So for me, I've really cut down on the amount of reading I've done about COVID. I have read enough about COVID for 73 lifetimes, okay? There's nothing more that I need to know at this point. And if I do need to know, I'm sure I will find it out. So that's what I would focus on when you think about what's causing you to feel the trough. Recognize it, number one. Two, think about what aspect is really hitting you the hardest or aspects. Number three, find other people to commiserate with. Four, remember what sparked joy back in the day or what, you know, what the what 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 you would like to have less of if it's something like COVID, right? There's no joy in COVID. And finally, figure out what you can do to change so that you get back to that place you were. And if you can do that, I promise you, the trough won't be so bad. Now let's go on to listener mail. I got this email from Matthew and he wrote, and by the way, he gave me his permission to read this. So if you write me and I ask you if I can read your stuff on air, you can be like Matthew. Hint, hint, drop me a note at let's connect at patrickmcginnis.com. And he writes, hey, Patrick, I'm a former U.S. Marine Corps officer trying to decide if I should take a job with a state police department. I am using your book to help me figure it out. I've used the five steps to overcome aspirational FOMO, but notice that there isn't anywhere to write down what the negative aspects of the job might be. Or did I miss something? What should I do? And what he's getting at there is, when I talk about when we have FOMO, there's two types of FOMO. Herd FOMO, which is like I'm following the crowd, and aspirational FOMO, which is something looks so great, I have the perception it's so great, but it may not be. It's just that I'm perceiving it to be so wonderful. And so when we are dealing with our aspirational FOMO, we try to figure out, you know, we ask ourselves questions like, is this even possible for me? Do I think I'd even like this? Things like that. And so he he asks a really interesting question is like, well, what about, you know, we're assessing whether the pros are as good as they look, but what about listing out the cons? And so here's what I wrote back to Matthew because I thought his question was good and it made me think like, hmm, should we think more about the cons? Here's what I wrote back. Matthew, the reason that I didn't think about the cons or include negative aspects is that FOMO is based on overvaluing positive attributes or expectations. It's based on that perception. And I didn't want to get into the world of pros and cons because that creates a whole new level of complexity that falls outside of the world of FOMO. Rather, the idea of the exercise is to really strip out any temptation to invent a false narrative in our heads based on FOMO that causes us to then think we want to have or do something that doesn't correspond to reality. Plus, FOMO sort of implicitly assumes you have thought through the negatives as part of the overall process, but that doesn't help you if you're still stuck. So here's what I would try as an experiment. Once you go through the first part of the exercise and you strip out all the FOMO, you ask the questions about whether the things look so great are real or not, then you have the truly good side of the equation 
So at that point, go ahead and think through the cons. It's fine to do that. And perhaps these cons will even strip away or negate some of the good elements that you thought were good. And now after you think through the cons, you're like, no, they're not. Once you've done this, then talk it through and probe at your perspectives of both the positive and the negative with a third party. And that should get you much closer to a decision-making process. Then if at that point you still want to do this thing, you've stripped it all away, then you go for it. So that's what I told Matthew. He was thankful for the response and said that it was helpful to him. And, you know, I just liked the question. I thought it was really cool that he thought about it so deeply and made me think too. So if you have a question, you can find me at letsconnectatpatrickmcginnis.com. And I love hearing from you. And you can also find me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis and on Twitter at PJ McGinnis. So reach out with questions, ideas, or even requests for formal therapy. And get ready because on Thursday, we have part two of Ian Schrager. I promise it's a good one. So I will see you then. FOMO. Want more FOMO Sapiens and FOMO Monday? Head over to FOMOSapiens.com where you can listen to past episodes, learn more about the show, and find out how to advertise. You can also connect with me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis and on Twitter at PJ McGinnis.